who was saying there is no junior Holy Spirit. And it says in Scripture, in Luke, it talks about how John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit even in his mother's womb. The same Holy Spirit that you have, the same measure, it, it was in John the Baptist as well, even in his mother's womb. It's amazing to me. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so glad that you guys are here for uh, our Christmas service. Uh, we're we're going to have some fun today. Today's message is entitled, Will You Make Room? Will You Make Room? And this fits right into the Christmas story, uh, which we're going to read here in a minute. But will you make room for Jesus today? That's really the question that we're going after. So let's just jump right into scripture here. Luke chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Now in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a, virg to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David because the Messiah had to be born out of David's lineage. The virgin's name was Mary and having come in, the angel said to Mary, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, the angel, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Angels, uh, according to Jewish belief, are 9 to 12 feet tall. They're terrifying. We see reports in Scripture whenever, whenever people saw angels, they fell down as dead from fear. And so uh, she was troubled at his saying. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Of course, angels 9 to 12 feet tall. I've never seen a being that big in my life. Mary, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, which means Savior. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest, the Son of God. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. These things that the angel is speaking to Mary, they're things that speak of the Messiah that was to come at the time. The Messiah who's now come, Jesus Christ. Christ also meaning Messiah. And so the long-awaited Messiah, they've waited for a long time. They knew he was coming. They studied, they looked, and now he's here. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And so what we read in Scripture and what we know from Scripture is that Jesus came and he established a kingdom. He said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I've brought my kingdom with me. And he established his kingdom. And Jesus' kingdom has been continually moving forward ever since the day that he walked the earth. And we have the, the ability to enter into the kingdom, to have the kingdom literally within us, even here today, in the same way that Jesus had, Jesus had it back then. This is his will for us. This is his plan for us. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One who is to be born of you will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for, who, who, for her who was called barren. 
for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And so this is the Christmas story. This is the story of Jesus coming and being born of a virgin, coming and, and living and dying for us, for you and for me, so that we can have fellowship with God once again. This is the Christmas story. We celebrate the birth of Christ. Many theologians believe that Jesus wasn't actually born at Christmas time. He wasn't born in December or around the end of the year. Um, more, more really, it was, he was probably, they estimate, born around September, which makes a lot more sense because what Jewish holiday is in September? The Feast of Trumpets. Jewish Feast of Trumpets. And what is the Jewish Feast of Trumpets supposed to do? It's announcing, it's literally announcing the return of the king or the arrival of the king. And so you would blow a trumpet when, when any, uh, you know, in times past when, an, when a dignitary or a king or someone important would walk into the room or walk into a city or come into a place, they would blow the, blow the trumpet to announce his arrival. So I believe that 2,000 years ago on Feast of Trumpets, Jesus was born. I'll still celebrate Christmas on the 25th. It doesn't break my heart that they picked the wrong day. I don't have to switch it all up. I don't have to celebrate on a different day. I'm still going to celebrate. I'm going to celebrate with the rest of the world because, hey, they're going to talk about Jesus. I'm going to talk about Jesus with them. They're going to celebrate Jesus. I'm just going to celebrate Jesus with them. I might celebrate on Feast of Trumpets too, but I'm not going to let go of this opportunity that I have. I'm just going to embrace it and we're going to run with it. Come on. And he shall, uh, Matthew 1, 21 says this. It says, and she will bring forth a son. Mary will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. See, this was the reason why Jesus was born in the first place. The whole reason why he had to come was because there was this problem. There was this problem with you and with me and the problem is sin. And the problem is, is that when we have sin in our life, we have no way to repay the debt that we owe for the sin that we've committed. But what happened was Jesus came to earth that Christmas day. Whether it's on Christmas or whether it's on Feast of Trumpets, don't get distracted. He came and he was born. Just the way that the prophecy said that he had to be born. There were something like 400 and some different prophecies all in the Old Testament. Jesus fulfilled them all. He fulfilled every single one of them. I believe that if we, even if we were to try to put this together today and make it happen we couldn't do it. There's just way too many things that the, that the Messiah had to do, that Jesus did, that we just can't even do it today. We can't pull it off. He will save the people, his people, from their sins. So all this was done, which, uh, that it might be filled, which was spoken through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and will bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. God with us. God with us. And so this is the point, is that God no longer wants to dwell in a building. He no longer wants to dwell in the heavens. He no longer wants to dwell behind the veil, behind the curtain. He no longer wants to dwell in any of these places. There's a one place that Jesus has decided, that God has decided, that he wants to live, and it's right here. It's in your heart. God wants to live in your heart. His name is Emmanuel. His name means God with us. 
Not God around us, not God nearby, God with us. God with us. Luke 2, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all of the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed or engaged wife, who was already with child. So it was while they were there that the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. There was no room for them in the inn. There was no room for them in the inn. Now we just talked about the importance of who Jesus was. He was the Messiah. He's the one that they've been waiting for. He's the one that prophecies had been spoken of and spoken of and spoken of and spoken of. 400 and some prophecies. They've been waiting for the Messiah to come. Even now, they are waiting. They are looking and waiting for the Messiah to come. They know where he's going to be born. We know this from Scripture because when Herod comes and questions the Pharisees, they tell him, oh yeah, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. That's what the Scriptures say. The wise men are over in a, in a foreign country. They're watching the stars because they've got the Scriptures too. And they know, oh, this is his star. He's being born. Let's go see him. They know that he's coming. It's the king of the world. It is the Messiah. This is the one. And they all missed him. No one made room for him. No one said, I'm going to do something and prepare. Even after Jesus was born, when he comes and he begins to walk the earth and he begins to have his ministry, how many people actually recognize Jesus? How many people actually recognize him as the Messiah? And how many had to be told? And those who were the most religious didn't recognize him at all. What grew up in their hearts were envy. What grew up in their hearts were jealousy. So I'm here to ask you today, will you make room? Will you make room? Will you make room for Jesus? Revelation chapter 3, it's chapter 3 or 4, 3, says, uh, he's talking to the church. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's talking to a church. But I'm talking to, to believers and unbelievers today. Jesus knocks at the door of your heart. And he's saying, hey, can I come in? Can we have a meal? Can we sit together? Can we talk? Can we chat? Can we have some time, just me and you? God wants to live in our heart. God wants to be in relationship with us because he likes to be with us. God doesn't want to be with us just so that we can do what he says. God doesn't want to be with us just so that we can follow all of his rules. God doesn't want to be with us just so that we'll give stuff to him. 
God doesn't want to be with us because God needs anything. God is in need of nothing. But what God really wants is just to fellowship with your heart. To fellowship with you. And the interesting thing is that when this happens, we always walk away blessed. Anytime we come into the presence of God, anytime we come and we sit with God, we sit in the presence of God, we, we deepen our relationship with Jesus. Anytime we make an effort to make that happen, we walk away blessed. I walk away as the one who's better off. I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, put lines between people here, but have you ever sat with somebody whom you just esteemed highly? They, they, they were more successful than you. They were more in love with Jesus than you. They were, you know, fill in the blank more than you. And you just sit with that person and whatever it is, five minutes, ten minutes, an hour conversation, and you walk out of that room and how do you feel? Man, I don't know, somebody left a deposit in me. That other person, they put a deposit in me. You know, they spoke, they spoke words of edification, exhortation. They, they spoke good words to me. I really like what they had to say. You know, maybe some of what they said was a little uncomfortable, but I know that I'm reaping reward from it. How much more with God? How much more with God? Now, we could create all the lines that we want uh, as, as, as much as we could say uh, a caterpillar and then, you know, a dog and then a human and an angel and an archangel. And we could create this scale between individuals and living creatures that, that are upon the earth. There is no scale to measure how much better God is than us. Because there is, a, there is an incremental level of how much more ability an archangel has than a caterpillar. But there is no increment to understand how much more better God is than any other created being or all other created beings. He's infinitely greater. And this is the one. It's this God who's infinitely greater, infinitely better, who came and made a way for you and I to have fellowship with him that we could come and just sit with Him, that we could just come and sit in His presence. This is Jesus. This is why He came. Will you make room? There was no room for Jesus in the inn. They knew the Messiah was coming. They didn't know when. They had waited. It had been 400 years since there had been any prophecy. So there was probably a little bit of a deference of hope Will you make room? Will you make room? Ephesians three sixteen through 17. I pray that the glorious unlimited resources, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he, God, will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust him. And so God wants nothing more than to make his home in your heart. Home isn't a place that we visit. Home is, a, is not a place that we just visit once in a while. 
home is this place that I want to be at all the time. Home is the place where I'm most comfortable. Home is the place where I share more than any other. Home is the place where we get more comfortable, where we just hang out, where we just love more, where we know those who are there more. Home is the place where we invite others in. God wants to make our heart His home today. Our heart, Christ's home. But is there room for Him in there? Is there room for Him in there today? Have you made room? Will you make room? Do you need to make more room? How much room have you made? Have we taken about, Have we taken... When was the last time you took an evaluation of what's in your heart? And is there anything in your heart that needs to go? Is there anything in your heart that Jesus is saying, hey, that's not okay? Hey, that's not all right. I'm not okay with that. Hey, you know, I see that thing sitting over there in the corner of the room. I think you should get rid of that. How about we get rid of that? My heart, Christ's home as you trust Him, and your roots will grow down deep into God's love, God's love, and keep you strong. I, 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 <laughs> I'm a little, um, I'm a little, uh, pre, pre, um, I, I'm a little distracted always by God's love. It's, it's this thing, you know, we can talk about every other attribute of God, His, His mercy, His strength, His grace, His his omnipresence, His omnipotence. We can talk about all of these other attributes of who God is, but I'm always and continually distracted by God's love. It's, it's my, it, I, I think it's my favorite part of who He is, just His love. And it, your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. It's His love that gives me strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength, but it's God's love that gives me strength. God's love gives me strength. And so I'll always brag on God's love. God's love is greater. God's love goes beyond. There is no end to God's love. God's love knows no bounds. You can't earn God's love. There's nothing you can do for God to love you anymore. And there's nothing that you can do for God to love you any less. This is God's love. And it's God's love in your heart that keeps you strong. And that you may have power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep is God's love. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. And then you will be made complete with all of the fullness of life and power that comes from God that you would know God's love in a deeper, more extravagant, more glorious way and that His love would change you. Romans 10, 9-10 says this, If you confess with your mouth Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, then you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so we talked earlier about how the problem in the world and the reason why Jesus came was the sin that's in the world. 
the sin that we had in, in our lives, my life, your life, every single person on the earth. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we've all been sinners. But Jesus came and he paid the price. And the way that we enter into him paying the price is just to believe that he came, to believe that he died for my sins, and to believe that he rose from the dead. When we make that confession of faith with our mouth, when we believe in our heart, I can't believe in my mind. It's not about mind belief. It's about heart belief. When I believe in my heart and I make that confession with my mouth, Jesus is faithful and he forgives me of all my sins. And then at that point, it's at that point that God comes and he makes his home in my heart. Now, as time goes on, we should continue to do some work and to continue to make more space in our home for him. But it's at that first confession of faith that Jesus comes. And he lives in our hearts. And so I want to ask you today, have you made that decision to follow Christ? Have you made that decision to invite Jesus into the space right here in your chest? There's a God-shaped hole in your heart, and you can stick every other thing that you want in there, and it'll never satisfy your life. You can try every pleasure that this world has to offer, and I'm going to tell you right now that they all four fall short because the, the hole that you have here is shaped like God, and only God can fill it. That's, that's God. And so if you're here today, you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you don't have a personal relationship with him, I want to invite you to do that today. I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to invite you to say that prayer with me. And that prayer is just an introduction. I'll introduce you to Jesus. And then you'll be off to the races and you'll have your own relationship and you'll be able to talk to him just the same way that I do. He'll come into your prayer time just the same way that he comes into my prayer time. He'll be with you everywhere you go just the same way that he's with me everywhere I go. And so if that's you today and you want to pray this prayer with me, I'm going to ask you to do that. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins, that you would come and live inside my heart, and that you would help me to live for you all of the days of my life. I believe that you are the Son of God. You were born of the Virgin. You lived a sinless life. Died upon the cross for my sins. You were buried and rose on the third day. And are seated at the right hand of God. You came to forgive me of my sins. To heal my body. And to deliver me from oppression. I thank you Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer with me today, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. I'm going to ask you to check the box right here that says, Today I make Jesus Lord and Savior of my life for the first time. If you check that box, I'm going to send you some information that explains the decision that you've made. Uh, so make sure that your information is filled out on the front side. Uh, first and most important thing that you can do is find a, new, find a good church. If you like it here, we'd love to have you here. If you don't like it here... Uh, music's too loud. I talk too long. Uh, we, we'll help you find another church. I, it's just so important to me that you have this relationship with God. And one of the most important things in your relationship with God is having a church that you really like to go to. Because it's in that place that we learn to love Him more. It's in that place that our faith in Christ grows. And so we want you all to be connected to a church. Check that box. We'll send that out to you. 
Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope you have a great time. As you get together with family this year, just love on one another. You know, uh, we all have our super busy schedules, but let's let's love one another as we go out of here today. Tell people about the love of Christ, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Um, come on up, receive the offering, and uh, one word of knowledge. Uh, either uh, there's a word of knowledge that came for healing, so we will pray for healing at the end of the service. A word of knowledge: if this is you, uh, either par- paralysis or um, paralysis or an eye problem on the left side of the face. That's what it says. So if that's you, come on over to this side and we'll pray for you. Uh, Any other sickness, we will pray. Elizabeth will tell you how we do that. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Matt. All right. Uh, There are multiple ways to give here at Redeeming Love. It should be coming up on the screens. Um, You know, if you're a guest here today, please do not feel obligated to give. Um, We just, we love having you here. We love spreading Jesus' love and giving you our love, you don't have to give us anything back. Uh, giving your heart to Jesus is a good idea, though. Okay. Um, we are in the midst of our Kingdom Builders offering. Um, it's the only special offering that we take as a church. So if you haven't, um, you know, made a, a commitment to that or you're looking to, it, uh, the cards and the seatbacks, you can check Kingdom Builders, I believe. If you're doing it online, there's a way for you to designate that it's Kingdom Builders also, all right? Um, Pastor Matt mentioned the Engage card. If you did not receive one of these when you came in, just raise your hand and an usher will bring you one. Um, If you're a guest, we're not asking for your information so that we can pester you. We will actually, actually send you a nice little welcome note, and in there will be a nice little gift card to Mocha Blend, I believe. So if for no other reason... Give us your address so you get the gift card. <laughs> Mocha Blend is a, a wonderful, wonderful shop just up the street with incredible goodies and coffee and things like that. Um, on the back, um, there's some some places. Those of you who come on a regular basis, you know the prayer and praises. And we continue to look forward to those praise reports as well as the prayer requests that get prayed for every single week. All right? Um, you know, no matter what we give, if we were all millionaires and could put millions upon millions of dollars into the offering, it still would not equal what Christ does for us. So, you know, we're celebrating the birth of our Savior and he's given it all to us. Whatever little bit we can give back will never equal his love for us, as Pastor Matt said. So, Father God, we just thank you. We thank you that you have given your all for us, Lord God. And we give you back our hearts and whatever we can put in the offering, Lord, we ask it to bless your kingdom. In your precious name we pray, amen. There will be um, prayer teams under the screens here. So if, if you're accepting that word of knowledge, you want prayer, please come over to this screen over here. And there will also be people at this screen Whatever you want prayer for, we are there for you, okay? All right, we will see you here next Sunday, which is New Year's Eve. Amen.